Douglas and Dougal as well was yeah kinky yeah um, it's not the right word is it? <laughs> that's quite tropical. Hello, welcome to it's a sunny what, day. What a way to go! This is a podcast about why can't I get it right? Unusual deaths, near misses, and bizarre stories. You just got it right. You've just got the fear. Yeah, I well really done. did get the fear. It's like it's something deep rooted in me. Um, we're your hosts. I'm Claire. I'm Eleanor. I am Sarah. And um, hiya, hi. My socks are really stressing me out today. Can I share that with you? Because <laughs> you I've, I've put on the really, you know, the tiny little ang- um, oh, trainer socks. Do they fall down? No, they're not falling down, but they've really exposed. Basically, the whole top of my foot is just loose in the shoe. Oh, and it's I'm really not used to it, and it's very uncomfortable. And they're the really tiny ones that just like just, hug like they t- basically. Your teeth? Just, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So I'm wearing them in my mouth. Is that not where <laughs> you put socks? <laughs> Um, so anyway, might. this every, all day today I've been walking around really aware of the top of my feet and it's been stressing Ooh, me out. No, I don't like that. I don't like the sound of that. No, I wouldn't recommend it. I every, just find that socks. Who knew? Every time I wear trainer socks, they either fall beneath my foot and that annoys me. That or I have stressful. to sort of pull them up so high that it's not really worth it's wearing trainer, trainer socks anyway. I um, don't to get the balance right. Where are your trainer socks from? Couldn't tell you, did I? Well, I'll blow your mind then. Primark. Mm. They're not as bad as people think. They're much more ethical than they used to be. Mm-hmm. But they do sports trainer socks that are tight but small. And I've never had a problem with them. Are they going to unsheathe my upper foot? Your upper foot? No, it covers your toes. To, no, but are they going to the ankle is what I'm asking. No. They're going to the back of your foot. No. You can't see ankle. It's, it's, it's completely tight to your foot. Okay. And they cover your toes. They're great. They're so great. I will but do they buy cover your pack. T- but do they go over the top of your feet? Not entirely. Okay, buy me a pack and then I'll, I'll let you know. But the, but okay. Sock chat. It's sexy, isn't it? So <laughs> sexy. Sorry, I really started that, but it's honestly been at the forefront of my mind all day. We've Just all got w- across to bear. Waiting for the podcast yeah. to talk about it. It's the perfect yeah. time. Well, I've been really holding, I've been gearing up all day. Yeah, because we've had quite a lot of preamble as well. Like, mm. we're definitely not starting. Yeah, we've been here for 40 minutes. 40 minutes. I panicked. Yeah. I panicked and I went straight in with the sock chat. It's fair enough. You need something. I'm sorry. You need something. Um, nice listeners, we're drinking some lovely alcohol. We've got a few Colin the Caterpillars on the go. Yes, mate. We're having a lovely time. Yeah, Sarah went to MS because we are. Because <laughs> I'm so bougie. Bougie. <laughs> Uh, three Aperols in. <laughs> Don't so. tell everybody that. I'm a saint. You can cut it. You're editing this oh, week. Yeah. I won't. Anyway, the, the, the good it. news is we've got a, a real feast in front of us, so it's not a bad thing. You're welcome. Yeah, My, thank like, you. Buzzed shopping is the best kind of yeah, shopping. Any kind of shopping. You will just buzzed. spend all of the money. Yeah. I did see some nice like plastic um, picnic wear on the way out, and I was like, oh, that looks great. And I was like, no, no, I don't picnic ever, so it's fine. Picnic wear? Yeah. Like glasses. We picnicked on We literally Saturday. picnicked less than a week ago. Yeah. yeah, but we were just like drinking tins and eating flips, weren't we? <laughs> we weren't <laughs> drinking tins and eating flips. I'm going to put that on my CV. Um, <laughs> we weren't like with a wicker basket and actual cutlery. I feel like we were that crockery. far off it. We had, actually we didn't have borsan because I accidentally left it in the fridge. We had yeah, pate. fucked it. I really fucked it. You had pate, mate. Pate's oh, rank. Pate's brilliant. I like um, animals. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Fish pate, mackerel pate. Mm. I love that. Do you remember sandwich? Oh my god! Did you see my Twitter today? No. I've spoken about the 22 year old that I see next to a few oh, times. They didn't know what. A magic eye, <laughs> Bryony. I'm not sure if you still listen to this, Bryony Barker, but this really upset me. 
I was like, oh, it looks like a magic eye. And she's like, what? And I was like, a magic eye, Branny. <laughs> come on, come on. on. Surely that's not a generational thing, is it? Well, clearly it must it is. be. Like, young, how old is she, 22? Magic eye is very 70s, so technically, like, none of us should no, know. No, magic eye is had a 90s. big comeback oh, in yeah. the 90s. Oh, they? Yeah. Okay, well, it, yeah, either way. And she's like, like lava oh, lamps. it's like a decision. Yeah, much like lava lamps. Lava lamps did have a massive comeback. Yeah, it did. She was like, oh, it's that thing that you shake in your hand. And I was like, oh, my God. That's a magic eight ball, <laughs> not a magic eye. And then I tried to get her to do it. And I was like, oh, that says I love you. Oh, my God, that's a seahorse. And she's like, I just can't do it. I well, can't did, do it. Did you have them online? Yeah, you can Google them. Can you? The internet is a great, wonderful thing. And is I did them. And then she just couldn't do them. And I was like, I just feel really old. Mm. Magic eyes were like my jam. Yeah, they were really great. really loved them. I had a, I had a poster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And a book. In my family home, we had one above the fireplace. <laughs> <laughs> I don't really know. No, actually, I do know. It's because the colour scheme of it went very nicely with the lounge. I love your mum. <laughs> is that, is that what is oh, now the chill out room? Yeah, that's now the chill Been replaced by the doves. Yeah. I love it. I love it. The, oh, the first love... picture that if you Google two doves, <laughs> that's it. And I just printed it out on a big poster. For I love that. I'd love a magic eye above my fireplace, I'll be honest. You could probably get one. Don't do that for me for my next birthday, actually, because... You've said it now. Oh, You've set the wheels in motion. Imagine if we had fan, fan mail, like a P.O. box. <laughs> I just got sent loads of magic eyes. Yeah. Like, um, I'd actually love imagine that. Imagine if everyone just sent me a magic eye. Don't do it, guys. Imagine. Please don't. Whatever you do, don't send it to me. I would really <laughs> hate <laughs> presents. I mean, you wouldn't, you wouldn't be able to do much with lots of magic eyes. Wrapping paper, maybe. Anyway, anyway. anyway. My, um, I was fine with magic eyes because I got a little bit of a lazy eye. And actually, that really helps. What, I have to cross my eye to do them. Mm. I have to go like, yeah. Listeners couldn't see, but I cross my eyes. I haven't spent enough time with them to know what my technique is. <laughs> are you too young? Are you too young for ourselves? I'm not too fucking young for you. I know what a magic eye. Is. <laughs> you didn't know who Jim and the holograms <laughs> were. I'm not though, 22. No, I didn't. I didn't. <laughs> it's fine. Anyway, I'm not. Th- yeah, not that much. Listeners, no, do you know what a magic eye is? I'm still eye a child is? of the 80s. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I was working it out. Fully. Yeah, 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 fully. Yeah, you are. Yeah, I'm not d- disputing we'll it. We'll allow it. <laughs> fully got in there for 1989, saw the whole of it, the mm-hmm. whole of 1989. You saw that wall Swift. come down. <laughs> you made that wall come down. <laughs> exactly. You and David Hasselhoff. Exactly. Stories? I bet there's a Twitter account that's just magic eyes. Yeah, stories. Instagram who's, account. Who's, actually, what episode is it? 38. 38. Welcome to episode 38. FYI. We're going to do what we did last time. So when it comes to episode 40, we're going to have a celebrity special for you. Mm. And after episode 40, we're going to have a little break. A siesta. And we're, just, and we're having a siesta. <laughs> we're letting you know in advance so no one despairs too much. Yeah. But again, it'll be a time to get our ducks in a row, sort our lives out a little bit, get ahead of ourselves and continue to bring you quality content. That's what we're all about. Slash get some other specials on the go because there's so many people... A lot of people want to... Ready, willing and able. Want to join. Ready, willing. Kev, I'm signing you up. This is official. This is me saying you're coming in to do a story. So. Kev, episode 41. Get See you there. It. Get on it. Our Outrageously Unnecessary. Mm. Pals. Come on. God, we've got, got to do it. Got to sort this stuff, stuff out. Um, but anyway, okay, in the so meantime... In the meantime, Els... Watch your story. Okay. So... Go. 
This is a story about a girl oh, named Lucky. I've got flipped, turn upside down. That's funny, because that was in my head, and I was like, no, it's Lucky from Britney Spears. We've done both of those jokes before <laughs> in our run, so let's get some new material. I don't know if we have, have we? Definitely. Right. We've definitely done Lucky. Have we? Yeah. Favourite favorite Britney? It's not my favourite Britney. No, song. it's not. Oh, far no, no. from it. No. I just used to quite like it, though. Anyway, whatever. Um, <laughs> no, this is a story about not, about, not so much about death, but about survival. Mm. So, this is a story about the Roberts Robertson family, and they set sail for a round the world trip in the seventies. Is this the Swiss family Robinson? Well, <laughs> I, I don't. Or were they based on these guys? Maybe I don't. I don't know. I've never really. I bet that this is what the Swiss family Robinson's based on. Sorry. Possibly. When was the Swiss family Robert Robinson? So they were children's books. Was it? Like the 50s? Maybe they were written in the 50s? Oh, well then no, because this is in the 70s. Oh, okay. Maybe not. But anyway. Yeah, I don't know. I, it sounds like similar, but I don't... Yeah, and also if it's 50s, then it definitely Well, that's it. just me being like it was olden times, but I feel like it probably was older than the 70s. I think it may have been. Right. Yeah. Oh, it's oh, uh, prescient. Ominously prescient. If... Uh, Anyway, I'll just let you tell the story. Just shut up. I'm just thinking if a book shut up. Really? Books were written in the fifties, and then it actually happened in the seventies. Oh, okay. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe I don't know whether it's even the same thing. I don't know. Let's just let's hear the story, and okay, then maybe we've we can deduce far too early. So before um, the Robertson family set off on their round the world trip, they uh, lived in Staffordshire. So the family consisted of. Um, a retired merchant navy officer. Makes sense. Dougal Robertson. Dougal's a great name. Great name. In one of the articles that I read, then it said his wife Lynn didn't specify what her career was or had been. Of course not. She's of a wife. It's not important. She's a wife. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I read another one, it, she, something that happened later talked about something that she knew because of her nursing experience. So I have. Um, Put two and two together and presumed that she was a nurse, but whether or not she actually worked as a nurse, I don't know because it wasn't stated because she's a wife and that's all that matters. Mm. Yeah, exactly. Um, And then they had a teenage son, Douglas. Just for for the information of any listeners that weren't sure, that's what the patriarchy looks like. (laughs) Yeah. Douglas and Dougal as well was kinky. Yeah. Um, It's not the right word, is it? (laughs) I'm standing by it. Do you mean kooky? No. (laughs) Kinky. Fine. Another teenage daughter, Anne. Not another one. (laughs) One teenage daughter, Anne. uh, And nine-year-old twins, Neil and Sandy. Lovely. Um, So the family had been living after Dougal's career as a merchant Navy officer and presumably Lynn's career as a wife. Um, They um, moved to to a dairy farm in Staffordshire, so they were living quite a remote life. So Dougal thought that in order to kind of offset this isolated life that his children had been brought up in, they should go on this round the world trip. So they sold their family farm and with the money they bought a 43 foot, which is 13 metres. Relatively sizey? I don't know. Anyway. Schooner? Schooner? Schooner. Um, And in January 1971, they set off on this schooner from Falmouth. The schooner was called Lucette, by the Lucette. way. Lucette. Big name. Um, so, in the BBC article that I was reading that was written in 2012, Douglas, who was 18 at the time of this trip, said that 
The family hadn't really planned the journey prior to setting out and I presume that Dougal had some experience of ships in the sea given his career in the Merchant Navy. Um, that is kind of the Merchant it, yeah. Navy, yeah. so you would fucking hope Can so. Can I ask a question? Yeah. What does Merchant Navy mean? Navy's fighting, Merchant Navy's doing stuff. So you're still all part of the same team? No. Oh. I've Googled it. The Merchant Navy, as the name suggests, is the term for commercial marine services. Such commercial activities include both the shipping of cargo and people across various destinations in the world. Defence Navy, Navy, on the other hand, refers to nation's maritime military wing. So Navy is fighting and Merchant Navy is so like commercial marine services. Okay, all right, that makes sense. Yeah, carry on. So <laughs> Dougal, the... The oldest son said, eldest or whatever, said um, that they didn't even have like a practice sail around the bay at Falmouth before setting off for this world, round the world journey. If my dad was in the Merchant Navy, I wouldn't assume that he needed to do that. I'll be honest. Yeah, maybe. I feel like I might be like, oh, if we're going to be living on this boat for the next couple of years, could I just (laughs) figure out the mechanic? Like, can you just show me quick, quick up and down and then we'll we'll set off. (laughs) Quick quick once around the block and then we'll go. Um, but who knows? Uh, yeah, who knows? Um, anyway, um, so Douglas, Douglas said he remembers that his father was shouting yee-haw as they set sail, um, and that he was very much living his dream in that moment as they embarked on their new life around the world or some of the world. Um, so for the next year and a half, the family were sort of sailing around the Atlantic and they would stop at various ports in the Caribbean. Sounds very idyllic. Very nice. Lovely stuff. But after 17 months at sea, um, they were in the Pacific Ocean and the boat was struck by a pod of killer whales. Amazing. I would have absolutely shat myself. Yeah. I mean, maybe amazing, but I think when they are literally going at your boat, why were they doing that? I don't. Because they're evil. No, they're not. Oh, I hate killer whales. I think that they. I mean, I guess. They're dolphins. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. <laughs> I think. I guess with killer whales are like their instinct is if they they don't necessarily know it's a boat, so maybe they think it's something, and their instinct is intruder to or something attack, mm. isn't it? So they obviously were thinking that they were being threatened by something, maybe, or mm. I don't know. I guess they were just acting the way that killer whales. Act and they can be pretty vicious, can't they? Killer whales. We've all seen the David Attenboroughs where they like circle um, seals until they. Yeah, but they want to eat the the seals. What was that really, really. Free Willy. (laughs) (laughs) The really harrowing documentary Free Willy. Yeah. No, Um, the one. Blackfish. Yeah, Blackfish. I mean, yeah, but that's not. That's on the fucking killer whale side. Why are you beating them up? But they're acting like killer whales. Like, that's just their natural... Yeah, but no, they but were, like, confined not... in... Like... No, exactly, yeah, they're acting out. They were responding to their environment. In... Oh, yeah, yeah, no. Yeah, You're in a bathtub. I think we're talking at cross purposes. We're the bad we're people in the blackfish. Sorry. <laughs> 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 we're the bad people in the blackfish thing. Yeah. Killer whales yeah. only eat seals and not humans. Killer whales... Killer whales have only killed humans in cap- captivity, never in real life. Well... In real life. In... They were trying over here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Els, we've railroaded you. It's fine, it's you. fine, it's fine. So, this happened... Get off their back, Bailey! <laughs> I know. I felt sorry for them in Blackfish. Yeah. Good. Yeah. Good, that was the poor appropriate little, response. Poor lads. Um, They're pretty big. Poor big lads. <laughs> At that time, they were 200 miles from the Galapagos 
Islands. I have an initial piece of feedback for the Robertsons. <laughs> They're not listening. I think you're about 45 years too late, but sure, let's have it. So the whole purpose of this Round the World cruise was to Meet stop people. them being so isolated and they've gone <laughs> on a fucking boat across the Atlantic. To isolate themselves Possibly from less people humans. than Staffordshire, say. They could have gone to Alton Towers if it was there. Yeah, they could have gone enough to the local shop. I think maybe it's like, oh, you've got this is all you've seen of the world. Let's go and like really see the world. And by the world, I mean still just your parents and your siblings, but we're seeing different scenery. But I think they were like stopping and I assume living in different ports and places in the Caribbean. Fine. You would, right? You wouldn't just be like, oh, actually, no, I'll just sleep on this. Well, it takes like it takes long enough to get to the Caribbean. It does take a long time, but I don't know, not a year and a half at sea just on that journey. Anyway. I think this way to do so. I, I imagine life on the dairy farm was getting a bit boring. Mm. Possibly. I'd like to be on land for most of my Land's time. Land's great. Yeah. I would <laughs> rather be in land than, than at sea. Yeah. So Douglas said that he remembered hearing bangs and then he heard a splintering noise. And within minutes, Lucette had sunk. Yet. So the family had to kind of swim into... They had like a backup dinghy and a backup like raft. So they had to like swim to get onto this backup dinghy and I think at that point they were genuinely quite in fear of the killer whales being in such close proximity. You would be, yeah. Yeah, they were in the middle of the sea and, you know, I imagine if a killer whale wanted to, it would just eat you, just Mm -hmm. eat you down in one. Yeah. So... um, it didn't, right? Carry on. Didn't. It didn't. So they were moving on to the dinghy. So there was, at this point, they had picked up a hitchhiker... Sure. What after sinking? Uh, prior to. Okay. So fine. the hitchhiker was already with them. Hitchhiker on the sea. <laughs> yeah, I assume <laughs> they picked him up at a port. <laughs> Otherwise, someone in the middle of the what ocean. What's the point? Like you're already in a boat. Is it just, <laughs> I'm going this is it way. A seagull. <laughs> yeah. Albatross. There we on. Also, the hitchhiker was called Robin Williams. <laughs> <laughs> The Robin Williams. Possibly. Maybe that's why he was so funny. Maybe. Had a lot of life experiences. We've lost Daly, I'm afraid. She's gone. She's absolutely gone. <laughs> I, I've got so many questions, but let's not... I'm not going to railroad um, Robin but, Williams. But they had lost their daughter. Not um, tragically. She'd just got off in the Bahamas. She'd oh, enough. okay, right, right. <laughs> Prior to sinking again. Prior to sinking. Oh, she's like, I'm going to go and actually see the world. I'm going like, yeah. to the banana. Actually, bananas. The, 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 bananas. <laughs> the bananas are quite nice. The Bahamas are quite nice. I might just stay here, which yeah. I feel like possibly would have been... I wouldn't have even gone on any of it, but fine. <laughs> um, so there was six of them on board a six foot dinghy. So it was it was like a 10 foot boat, but they could only really fit five of them comfortably. So it was quite a squeeze on there. So apparently, as you might imagine, life on the dinghy was pretty shit. <laughs> um, they were like, hold up. They were sitting with like water quite close to their chest. They had like sores from the salt water mm. all over their oh, body. Yeah, there was only really like one or two spaces to sit. So they had to like take it in turns to actually sit kind of a bit more out of the water. And that was the only place that was dry. Lynn would often sort of offer her turn to her children mm. rather than subject them to sitting in that 
those conditions. Good old Lynn. Um, Women. Yeah. Sleep was basically impossible because of the water and the rocking and all the things that come with living in a dinghy. Mm-hmm. And Lynn was particularly terrified about the two twins who I guess would have been, I mean, if they were nine when they set off, they would have been, what, like 10 or 11? So pretty young so the odds of survival were pretty slim they did have supplies but not a lot so they had enough water for 10 days fucking hell they had some food on board they had a bag of onions which to be (laughs) honest isn't like what could you do with an onion if you've got nothing to cook it on Mm -hmm. like you can eat it but it's um, not gonna yeah no the most delicious thing um some biscuits some oranges some lemons and some glucose sweets um, so that was supposed to last them like 10 days, but I think it barely lasted that long. And of course, nobody knew that they were there. Yeah, of there. course. Yeah. So eventually their supply of water ran out. So they began to catch the rainwater to drink it. And then they began to have to live off turtles and fish. Holy shit balls. Um, and I guess they didn't have anything to cook the turtles or the fish with so it was very much a matter of eating raw turtle and fish and also they drank the blood of the turtle mm. to keep themselves I don't like that quite Life of Pi have you read Life of Pi I've not read it I've seen the film and uh, a lot of turtles get it in there I don't like that at no, all I mean it wouldn't be anyone's first choice I guess but if it's literally that or die in this dinghy at sea yeah you've got to you've got to I don't know, 50-50 for me, well, I'm you've got to do what feels right. So, yeah, Douglas said in this article that turtle was the main stay of their diet. They drank its blood when they didn't have any water. They dried its meat. They rationed it and they stored it. And they also used the fat from the turtle, so they rendered it down to make oil, which they could rub into their skin. Um, and they also drank that to keep them warm mm. when they were out there. I mean, yeah, that's that's quite good skills. Yeah, yeah. To Some, know. I wouldn't be able to do that. I wouldn't either, but I guess maybe you learn a few bits before you go, just in case worse happens. I just feel like in situations like that, a lot of instinct probably kicks yeah, in. Yeah, I was thinking that. And you just know, like, oh, if there's some like fatty tissue, you know that like if your skin is like totally sunburnt, mm. really salty, if you just like rub the fat, I just feel like something would kick in and be like, yeah, I'll just rub this into my yeah, skin, yeah, it'll yeah. feel better. Yeah, I, I know, That's my theory that I've just formulated No, but I think there's ago. probably something in that, because when you're in that like crisis mode, it's that mm. fight or flight, and you're, I guess you're kind of working on overtime slightly. Yeah. Mm. And, well, it's like I've said before, at various points along the way, humans and any animals, I suppose, have like, but I suppose humans with the advancements of tools have understood that doing this will create that and this will create that. And yeah. that's obviously started somewhere. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, I think there is like a, a level of instinct that would come in to be like, this is what we need to do just to keep ourselves mm. alive. Mm-hmm. So after 16 days, sorry, I've got this wrong. So they were on the raft initially, but after 16 days, that became unusable. So then they got into the three metre long dinghy which is called the endermare that's tiny and how, again and how many of them at this point so there would have been six of them and there would have been like basically four adults and two children so the endermare is described as being dry but flimsy and that when they were on that they were in danger of being swamped by a wave um and on one of the days it rained so heavily that the family thought that was it dougal had said that he thought his dad was ready to give up but his mum was sort of the one that kept the family going and 
the dad said, bail for your lives and bail twice as quick as you're doing now. And they did. So 38 days later, after they had been just at sea in this small dinghy. 38 days? 38 days. They were found by some Japanese fishermen who spotted the, the dinghy adrift in the Pacific. And the family were so dehydrated, they hadn't peed for 20 days. And they were so thirsty that their tongues were swollen with thirst so they could barely talk. So they were rescued, they survived it. I couldn't really find a lot about what happened straight after that. I'm not quite sure where they were taken to, but they did eventually return to the UK um, where they lived in a caravan in the Midlands for a while. Well, yeah, they wouldn't have any fucking money because the boat sunk. Yeah, 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 yeah. And there was various sort of bits about the family, but I I haven't got into loads of detail, but the parents ended up sort of divorcing after that happened. And then Dougal went off to live in the Mediterranean and Lynn went back to farming. And the daughter that got off in the Bahamas... Didn't really say anything about her. (laughs) She's fine. Yeah, she's probably still there. (laughs) But yeah, 38 days at sea with nothing at all. Because I suppose it would have taken him convincing his wife quite a lot anyway to go. And for, them, for that to happen, and then they survive, it she to be like, fuck off. That was your idea in the first place. We're not fucking doing it. Yeah. And I think, like, one of the articles that I read, so I sort of read two. One was BBC, one was The Guardian. And the ones The Guardian went into a little, like, little bit more detail about the family. It sounds like possibly the dad wasn't always the easiest person anyway. Um, yeah, it sounded like a bit of a... If anyone's interested in reading the article, Google Robertson Family, read the Guardian article on it. So, um, yeah, I suppose you have to have quite a lot of faith in each other as a couple and as a family Mm. to go and do something like that. Yeah, it's a big deal. Yeah, and I imagine in that situation you literally see either the very worst or the very best, probably both of somebody. So, yeah, it's probably quite difficult to then adjust once you're back home again and like you said there's probably other pressures like they wouldn't have had any money because they spent all their life savings on a boat that then sank like Mm. adjusting to something and I suppose you don't take that step of doing embarking on like a huge like that's a big deal you're not just moving to another part of the country you're literally taking your entire family on a boat for however long you don't do that unless you feel like there's something else that you need to do so you know who knows but that's mad nearly killed by killer whales Nearly killed killer whales and then just being at sea for 38 days with nothing really to survive on. It always feels like, how close are the Galapagos to Japan? It always feels like people get rescued by Japanese fishermen. No, they're not anywhere they can't near be them. They're close. off the coast of South America. Didn't it happen in um, <laughs> The Wolf of Wall Street? You know, we've seen that film. Yeah. yeah. Like, he crashes, the big boat crashes when they're trying to get across to wherever to pick up money and then they have a massive wave that hits them. And then I'm sure that they're found or rescued by Japanese fishermen. Maybe not. Anyway, doesn't matter. Neither here nor there. But absolutely nothing to do with the Swiss family Robinson. Well, I don't really know the story. So the Swiss family Robinson were cast away on a desert island. Oh, okay. But, I mean, that's definitely fiction, but I wondered if it was like, oh, is it based on this? But absolutely not. It's completely different. Just a guy from the Merchant Navy that wanted to live his life on the ocean, as you do. Why not? Do it. Sarah, why don't you tell us your story? Although we have maybe realised we possibly have the same story. I don't know. Do you think that we... What's the likelihood? Well, mine is very recent. As in, like, the last couple days? Yeah. Okay. Uh, No, maybe it's not. Um, 
I'm excited. I came across this randomly online on a website that I don't usually frequent. Um, it's a near miss. Yeah. Uh, oh, I bet it's the same. Do you think it is? Like really, 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 really recent. I don't know because it's like in when the last t- week or two. Yeah, I bet it's the same. It's about a woman yeah. who nearly died after cleaning out yeah! her fish tanks. No oh, way! We've got the same one. God damn it. There it is. God damn that it. That is mad. Yeah. Here she is. Yeah. This is exactly the same story. Let's have a look at her. Can I have a look at her? That's her and her kids. Cross. Ah. Furious. That's all right. Okay, well, we'll tell, we'll tell Elle's the story together. Okay, yeah, lovely. You, you take the lead. One word at a time, please. Uh. Near. Miss. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. Second time in I 38 did, episodes. I did think, as I was like, this is great, but I... Because it's really not my like normal thing, actually. But I saw it and I was like, "That's fucking interesting." Mm -hmm. Let's do it. Let's let's go. Let's roll. We can. We can. You lead. I'll tip him. Okay. But mine's not particularly ad libbed. Anyway, okay. This is about a woman called Lucky. Called Lucky. (laughs) (laughs) This is a story about a girl named Lucky. She was quite lucky. Katie Stevenson nearly died after cleaning out the family fish tank as she was overcome by the world's second deadliest toxin. Oh, shit. In the, UK, now, in the now, UK. Before we go in, Ellis, do you think you can guess why this toxin might have been in a fish been tank? Been in a fish tank. Because I think that's the interesting piece. It's like, okay. Because when I first read it, I was like, well, it's like the blowfish out of The Simpsons. Mm. And it's absolutely not the blowfish out of The Simpsons. I don't know, something to do with a filter. No, nice no. guess, nice guess, but it ain't that. Something to do with an actual animal in there. No, it's not an animal. Or is it? it coral? Is. Yes! Yes! Is it coral? Yeah. It's coral. So, she basically got infected with palytoxin, which is a chemical released by the living living organism when it comes under attack, which mm. is the coral. And it causes severe and potentially fatal respiratory distress for which there is no antidote. Oh, God. Yeah, so this is a public health warning, basically. I feel like a lot of what we learn about in our podcast... Don't clean out your coral. Don't fucking be careful when you clean the coral. So Katie and her family, she's got two little kids, went on holiday, Yeah. came back, their fish had died. Oh, no. Which... Seems neglectful. I'm not, you know, a bit not like, was anyone feeding them? Was anyone feeding them? Exactly. They, had they, sort of, they hadn't, they didn't go into little that. fish there. But bearing in mind, this was, this happened, so we are recording on the 8th of July. Mm. No, August. Mm. <laughs> Fuck me. Um, <laughs> we're recording on the 8th of August. This happened on the 30th of July and was reported yesterday. So oh. this is like live, live O. Hot off the internet. So they'd gone on holiday, they returned home on the 30th of July, spotted their fish were dead, were like, oh, shit, okay, we'll, we'll clean out the fish, this is an excuse to clean out the fish tank. But, yeah, they were like, this is an excuse, we'll just get some different fish. They went from what they currently got, they wanted to get tropical fish. Oh, okay. They wanted to change their fish regime. Change it up, uh, what's that before? Gold, a couple of golds. Maybe. <laughs> Big golds. <laughs> Big golds. <laughs> Needing a bit of coral, you know. Um, and so as part of the, the fish tank replenishment i guess they were scrubbing a a, a ornamental bridge within the fish tank that Gorgeous. had coral on it and it's the act of the coral being scrubbed that uh, used a very hard to, brush 
that causes it to effectively attack as much of as much as a coral can attack. Which is releasing some Yeah, like a little puff of um the what's it called? The p- 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 palytoxin. Palytoxin. It's up. Yeah. yeah. And so they didn't really obviously at first you don't think anything of it and then they started having trouble breathing. They felt really, really ill. She all of all of the family. So yeah, she shivering, shaking, and hallucinating. Oh god! Yeah, her and the husband straight away within like an hour, and then they rang one one one. Um, but the cases are so rare that the non-emergency service nor the doctors who first treated her didn't know that she was suffering from anything more serious than a viral infection. Mm -hmm. And when she first rang one one one, which she did do quite quickly, good for her. They were like, just text them ibuprofen or um, paracetamol and it'll go you've probably just got a little infection and then her fever went up to like what is in here it's like 47.5 or something ridiculous really bad and she was like properly toxic shaking from head to toe Mm. like she was had blankets on and was freezing but her heart rate had gone sky high temperature was really high and then later on the doctors had told her that if they'd gone to sleep they would have Died. They would have died. Died in their sleep. Shit. So the couple and their three daughters had to be put in isolation oh and God. their home was sealed off <gasps> for two days. Oh, my God. And then, but also, like, the paramedics that came to got to get them, um, her mum, who had visited the house, all had to be put in, in quarantine. The um, Because they got picked up in an ambulance. So if you've got this, you can pass it on to other people? It's just being in the air in the air of that toxin being released you can get it you i couldn't pass it on to you necessarily because it's in my lungs so why did they have to be quite all that to be quarantined at home because the paramedics went into her house yeah so they had to be checked over the mum had been in the house all the the two parents and the kids had all been in the house they'd all been airborne basically but mm. once it's, um, what you i can't, mean is once, it, once it, if yeah. they're out of the house and in hospital no, why no, would no, they no. need to be all oh, is that what you're saying no, no quarantined, quarantined after at, because they've been in the house. They were quarantined in the hospital. So basically, it says that even ambulances bringing in other patients to the Prince's Royal Hospital in Telford, they were directed to the lo- other local hospital to avoid further contamination because but it's effectively why? airborne. It, but, probably but I thought you an- said they couldn't pass it from human to human. Not touching, but airborne, because it's probably in your breathing. So so, so, it can, so it can... So I guess that is passing it, right? I guess so. And maybe at that point, at crisis point... You don't know what it is. You don't know that it's a coral. True. So you have to treat it like yeah, it could be fucking enough. Ebola or whatever. Or it yeah, could be yeah, some yeah. SARS. It could be anything. So like, yeah. I'm, I don't know. I'm to- this is total conjecture, but maybe at that point you have... Possibly, if, yeah. If a whole house full of people are really quickly falling very you ill, you kind of have yeah. to assume it's something... Yeah, that's true. ...super contagious, right? Yeah. And it says that Katie did call the 111 service after she googled the symptoms and she'd googled coral poisoning because she thought that was the thing that I've last done so maybe that's related obviously she's quite on on the ball ball with it all and then she'd been frightened to death by what she'd read because obviously she realised there was no antidote yeah and they said take paracetamol they thought it was just a virus um must be so hard when you're like convinced or like you're Mm. like I think this might be it but it's so extreme or rare that yeah. people are like, oh no, of course you don't have that. Yeah. And they're like, no, but I think yeah. genuinely think I might have this. Yeah. But they said to her, it sounded like a viral infection, go to bed and they'll phone back in half an hour to check. But the woman on 111 called back much, much sooner and said um, that she was going to send an ambulance straight away and sort them out because obviously it was much, much different. Um, but she was the one with the most direct exposure because she was the one scrubbing it. So even though Mark and the, Mark, her husband and the kids had it, 
she was the one most affected, so she developed her symptoms really quickly. Mm. And then when the medics realised they were dealing with a case of palatoxin, which is fucking mad, she must have had to have said on the phone to them, I've been doing this with coral, I mm-hmm. think it's this. Because if she hadn't have said that... How would they know palatoxin? There's no yeah. way they would have known about it. But if she'd Googled it, I guess she would yeah, have she, said. Exactly, so it's very good on her. Yeah. Um, so the mum, who had also been to the house, and the three children, they were all feeling unwell, suffering cramps, vomiting, and all had diarrhoea. Um, so they all had to be um, looked after too, but they weren't nearly as bad as Katie. It's mad. So Bloody she's hell. still unable to eat because she's still got an inflamed stomach. To like yeah. probably today, this was reported yesterday. Oh so. my god! But they managed to stabilise her um, and her family with IV fluids and antibiotics. So not effectively cured her, but have managed to get her stabilised. Um, but she's calling for warning leaflets to be handed out whenever coral is sold, yeah, as she would never want someone else to go through what she and her family have gone through, and she would never have necessarily bought the coral yeah, in the course. first place if she knew that this was something that could potentially happen. It's such an innocent thing to do, isn't yeah. it? Like, you yeah. wouldn't have any idea, and it's not like, oh, this might happen and you might get a bit ill from it. Like, mm-hmm. this might happen and you might it's die. Like properly, properly toxic. Yeah. And it's just, it's just mad, though, isn't it? Because, like fish tanks are dirty areas like you do need to clean them quite regularly mm. you wouldn't really think to clean all the ornaments etc etc i wouldn't it wouldn't cross my mind that there'd be living organ organisms within that well that's it like coral is so easily overlooked right yeah. because it's basically well as as a human you think oh it's basically just a rock but like corals are interesting as shit mm. and they can protect themselves and they can like poison things and they can attack and they can eat things and yeah which is yeah mind blowing mm, a little bit there you go don't well, buy, don't have a fish tank anyway I don't really like fish tanks time go on ooh daily like, coming with the extra the knowledge time this happened because in April 2018 tropical fish tanks sent 10 people to hospital shit in Oxfordshire in one in, in Oxfordshire in one yeah. month no in one incident oh right okay oh wow Deadly fumes from an aquarium coral put a tropical fish owner, his family, and four firefighters in hospital. What? Oh, my God. I'm just going to straight up read from the newspaper article, which is from the S apostrophe N. No, S. What's the asterisk N? We don't write the full name. Chris (laughs) Matthews was cleaning out the seawater tank and scrubbed a rock covered in coral. So he was cleaning it out. He He scrubbed it, put it in a container overnight and went to bed not realising he had released deadly palytoxin into the air. The next day, his girlfriend, mum, dad, sister and her boyfriend all became ill. Chris said, we couldn't regulate our temperature. We were struggling to breathe and coughing. We initially put it down to flu, but we knew something wasn't right when we noticed our two dogs had similar symptoms. Oh, no. Doggles. Um, I don't know why I feel more sad about dogs being so the coral, the coral had released palatoxin which is the world's second deadliest poison we don't know what the first deadliest poison is um, so this guy Chris rang 999 adding if we had spent another night in that room <clears throat> our lives would have been in danger ambulances and police raced to the property in Steventon, Oxfordshire four fire crew also inhaled the toxin and were taken to hospital in Oxford it's mad. Yeah, that is mad. Who would have thought? So careful, people, when you clean out your fish tank. I don't. I don't think I'm ever in danger of having a fish tank because I don't really like them. But they're so popular. Like yeah. so yeah. many people have them. I would never have thought that. And also, like you want to buy the ornaments that goes in and the little fish like them and whatever. Like I would always do that. Buy the treasure chest, 
chest. The little scuba diver. Scuba diver. Yeah. The little bridge. You'd do it all, wouldn't you? If you fish, you could any- do it. Do, do it. anything to get those fish happy, but don't buy any coral. There we go. Two out of thirty-eight is not bad not going. Bad. I um, quite like the double double pronged approach. Meatloaf could definitely write a song about it. Two out of thirty-eight ain't bad. Why is it always me though? Why do I always pick the same stories as you? Stick to my regulars. It's annoying because I've got such a long bookmarked list of all the stories that I could do. My bookmark list is running very low. Is it? I don't have any bookmarks. That's why I <laughs> approach. But your killer whale story was very fresh. Thanks. Yeah. No, I just stumped. I can't remember how I. I tried the old death under the sea. That's what I did. <laughs> I think that's how I got there. <laughs> the Google trick. Yeah. But that makes me think uh, murder on the ocean, survival at sea, or whatever the the girls from My Favorite Murder do. The one that. An entire family got massacred oh, and that kid escaped. Oh, my God, yeah, 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 that was a... But was... the title of that is, like, Death on the Ocean, Murder at Sea, or some very overdramatic... Yeah, this one wasn't... I can't, I can't remember how I got there. I took that approach, and I Googled Death By, and the first thing that came up was Death By Pizza as, like, Sweet. Google's um, example. So it was like, oh, I just have a look at that. And it just, like, pointed me in the direction of um, a vegan pizza place in Hackney that looks fucking <laughs> delicious so I'm not I'll just go there I'll just, just go that's there that's your cookies talking baby yeah that is actually isn't it no that was a interesting story it makes me think because Chernobyl is like pertinent in my head at the moment are you watching it? just finished watching oh, so it good. oh I want to watch it so, so bad but we good. haven't got anywhere to watch it it's pertinent watch it on my it. watch it on my now account I'll give you my login oh yeah 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 please 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 yeah don't listen police <laughs> I didn't say that Fuck you, police. Now TV, please. Uh, it's very good and very hard to watch, I would say. It's unbelievable, isn't it? It's unbelievable. I, like, Matt and I obviously love Island's Over. So, like, shame. so we might as well just go straight to Chernobyl. Go straight to Chernobyl. Same, same. So um, we watched one on Friday and we were done, like, relatively early for a Friday. And I was like, should we watch another? And Matt was like, I, nope, too I heavy. can't. Too yeah. heavy, yeah. really? yeah, too heavy. Too much, so heavy. too heavy. And there's one episode where, without giving too much away, they kind of go... I mean, you know what happens, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's the thing, it's like, God, it's so Spoilers. bleak. And then I was like, what the fuck was I expecting? Like, yeah. And they all lived happily ever after. No. Yeah, no, yeah. I suppose, yeah, I suppose... Yeah, but I think the the way that it's made like really captures the bleakness, like some of the things. And um, there's just an image that I cannot get out of my head where you know where the woman goes to sort of visit them. No, it's where the woman there's a woman who's married to one of the firefighters, and they yeah. sort of show them in hospital, and it's too awful to ima- like literally too awful to imagine. Had I not seen it, I would never have imagined mm. that that was mm-hmm. that was what it was like. What it could what yeah what it can be like. Christ. But it's what, yeah, it's a really, it's a really good. Yeah, I do really want to watch it. My, I've got, my friend is technically a Chernobyl baby. Wow. Really? Because basically, when it when it happened, this like wave of radioactive or this cloud, radioactive cloud, basically passed across the whole of northern Europe in like 1986. Yeah. Um, which is when my friend's mum was pregnant with her, and she's got a little, tiny little ear. Really? Yeah. yeah. Mine's she's, <laughs> she's like, I'm a Chernobyl baby. Like, she wouldn't mind me saying this because it's like, that is what it is. It's kind of like, it was out, I think they were in Ireland at the time and it was like, the radiation, there's a lot, there will be a lot of people about our age, born in 1986, who have like, mild birth defects because really? this radioactive cloud was passing When did it happen in 1986? April. Yeah, April. 
Well, my mum was pregnant with me then. Yeah. But she was a li- probably a little bit... Le- where was she? No, South, she would have been... London. What's my birthday thing? Yeah. <laughs> I'm a fucking idiot. That's what my birthday thing <laughs> You is. being a fucking idiot. Yeah. Where's my friend's house? Anyway. Um, shall we lighten the mood away from poisonous corals? Yes. I'm so, so far away from the microphone. I'm so sorry, listeners. Just far too relaxed. <laughs> Because I've got the day off tomorrow. Because it's basically hey. Friday for you. So, Els, why don't you go first? <laughs> well, obviously, but like, tell us your girl crush. Who are you feeling? Should we explain what the girl crushes are? It's just girls that we like. Go. Yeah, and women. <laughs> Thanks. I Thanks, feel Lily. yeah, women. I feel like women is probably more of a catch-all. Um, yeah, the right terminology for mine this week. Okay. Mine is Kathy Burke. Oh, oh, love, 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 love. I read an article with her in The Guardian this yes, week. Yes. Did you read it? Yeah, really. Yeah. So she's just great and very down to earth. Isn't she? And she's promoting, part, I think part of the reason for the interview is because she's promoting a documentary that she's done that's coming out next week called All Women. It sounds really interesting. She goes and talks to women all around the country, I think, different kind of life experiences just to kind of get an understanding and portray women's lives in 2019, which is right up my street. So I'm definitely going to watch that. Comes watch out on Tuesday, ledge. Channel Four, um, and I imagine that she does a great job of presenting that. She's just an all-round good egg, very funny. I mean, you know, thinks the things that I think, which yeah, is she's easy very to be like liberal you know, and lefty. Yeah, but without being like lovey, which you know, mm. some yeah, actors yeah, yeah. are. I always love, like, I've, I've, I fucking love any performance Kathy Burke does, but. My favourite character that she has ever played was her character in Absolutely Fabulous I when love she it, was yeah. in the magazine. Like because she was like obviously part of that lovey world, but we're still like it's a thing. Ba 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 ba. Like just represented so well. Like yeah, she's, she's just great. Just I love her so much. I didn't realise because the article talks about her. Um, oh no. Yeah, because she went to Hollywood and da da da. She was becoming really really big, and she's a fantastic straight and comedic actor yeah, anyway. Yeah. But then she got well, she got Bell's palsy. I think that was more recently, but she had something um, a while ago that was... I think she might have had diverticulitis. Oh, I thought... Maybe I read it wrong. But yeah, she had an illness, didn't she, when she was in like, towards the end of Hollywood or the reason why she took a break from acting to begin with. Yeah. And she said that she was fucking miserable anyway. Yeah. And it's just like... Just the refreshing yeah. approach that she has and the talking yeah. about things. And I follow her on Twitter anyway. She's just so... I listen. Great. Yeah, I follow her on on Twitter, and I recently listened to. I think we've had this conversation. Is like sometimes my de-stressor as middle ages as makes me sound is like just to listen to a desert island discs. Mm. They're quite like um, relaxing, and I just enjoy listening to people's kind of life stories and what it is that made them go into what they've got or where yeah, their yeah, different yeah. approaches can, are. It doesn't, it doesn't need to be anyone that you particularly know. Yeah. No, it doesn't. Um, but this in this case, I realised Kathy Burke had one, so I can't remember what it's from, but it's it's not recent. It's from a little while ago. I think she was sort of saying that, like, the more she... And she referenced it as well in this article, which is, like, the more she was going down the acting route, she just felt like she was sort of a puppet for other people. Yeah. And she's always wanted to put more of her creativity into things, which is why she's done a lot of directing as well. And a lot of stage work, I think it's just lots of things that people don't always necessarily relate to. Mm. Uh, Kathy Burt, but she's got a huge... Presence um, on repertoire stage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think she's great. I love her so much. I think I um, if you can hear noises, listeners, it's the cleaners above. Sorry, I might just rewatch Absolutely Fabulous. It's on Netflix, isn't it? I feel like I've done it. Like it's so I love it so much. The episode where they go to France is the best television 
I've ever seen, well, that's hyperbole, but it's some of the best television I've ever watched. I love so Gimme, Gimme, Gimme when I was a kid as well. Yeah. Like, it was so good. It was on gold yeah, really on good, Sky. Really funny. She's just hilarious. It's such, a, like, her and James Draper is such mm. a good combination. Such a good, I don't know, like, look into certain lifestyles or personalities at the time. It was. She's a. Uh, such great TV. She has a big Neil Gallagher poster. In oh, it. yeah, she snugs him, doesn't she, in the... Too yeah. right. Too right. Whatever. <laughs> Whatever. So, yeah. Very, very great. Very great. I'm looking forward to watching her Yeah, it's three parts, isn't it, as mm. well? Yeah, that'd be really yeah, good. Yeah, it'd be really good. My Girl Crush is one that I can't believe I've not done in the last 37 episodes. It's Julian Anderson, lads. Mm, uh, yeah. You fucking love Julian <laughs> Anderson. Love Julian Anderson. <laughs> What's wrong with me? How has this not come up? So, um, for context, listeners, my boyfriend and I have been watching X Files for the last four years. We bought like the entire nine series and the two films in like a box set, and have been watching it. And then they announced that they were doing new series, and we only finished the first nine series and the films by the time the second new series has come out. So we're very far behind. We're terrible, terrible TV watchers. We're, so we're still currently watching the new stuff. But, like, if you're, if you're an X-Files fan, you know that it's, like, amazing, really, really strong, really, really, really good, and then Mulder disappears and, like, the last couple of series are terrible and it's, like, kind of a slog to get through. But it's all fine. And then the second film is not terrible. And then the new stuff... You kind of think oh, it's going to be shit because like Mulder's got a bit old. Scully slash Gillian looks amazing, incredible. But we watched an episode last night and it was so funny. Like it was made when Trump, it, well, made recently. So Trump was president and they allude to it. They talk about things that I only know about because of Reddit. Like it's so like switched on and funny and irreverent and really, really great. It's like per- last night's episode, which was about like um, the Mandela effect. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So it was about the Mandela effect, basically, and it was about this guy that remembers this book from childhood. But we, should, they... we should explain that in case people don't know that. Yeah, so the the context of it is that the kit, there's a guy in it that goes to like a, a memorabilia shop and he sees this book from his childhood and he remembers the name of the author spelt with two S's rather than two Z's in the name. It's like Mr. Muzzle and he remembers it as Mr. Muzzle. But the Mandela effect is the name of something which refers to like either false memory or um, a different memory to your peers. So it's based on the fact that lots of people in the world think that Mandela died whilst in prison. Nelson Mandela died whilst in prison versus him actually dying when he was a free man in, what, 2013? Yeah, or it's like, or people remember Mandela's funeral before he had actually died. Yeah. It's like, oh, you remember Nelson Mandela's funeral, like, you have this really visual memory of yeah. it, but, like... It never happened. It, 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 he at died. The, at that point, like, he is dead now, but at that yeah. point... He died a free man in 2013. Okay. Um, and then there's also this thing with the Bernstein Bears, which is a big deal on Reddit, where people remember the Bernstein Bears or the Bernstein Bears, and it's a very, like, weird comparison between people and then they mention it in the that's not mentioned on the x-files episode that we watched last night but the one that is mentioned is um this film um with it's it's like there's one called shazam and one called something else and they remember one prominent actor doing it and one other prominent actor doing it and everyone remembers this certain film and it doesn't exist it just does not exist anyway it's fucking fascinating Gillian Anderson's amazing, and not only is she brilliant in the first early episodes of The X-Files, she's very funny in the latter-day X-Files as, like, an older version of Scully and funny and witty and all-knowing. She's brilliant in the full. 
I've not seen her in Sex Education. She's really good in Sex yeah, Education. Yeah, but I've heard so many good things. And she looks amazing. I really, really like her. And last year, I sat opposite her in a really random cafe in East London. And she was reading and scripts. And probably lost your mind. I lost my mind. <laughs> and I really wanted to go over to her and get her autograph or just tell her that I loved her. But I didn't. I just sat there and ate a jack of potato and then went home. Which is probably, sometimes that's all you can do. Sometimes, I mean, that was literally all I could do. It's one of the biggest regrets of my life. And I've got her book. She's written a book, like a kind of um, a female-focused woman um, progression book about women in industry and stuff. And I have that. I haven't finished it, obviously, because I don't finish books. Um, and I wish that I had it on me so I could got her autograph. But I didn't, and I whatever. So, whatever. But Gillian Anderson is my girl crush of the... I've told you we sold her house, like the when I was when I was an estate agent. When were you an estate agent? You know this. No, I don't. When I was an estate agent, sorry, I was an estate agent for a Mormon estate agency for a summer. I don't know this. No, I don't know this daily. So thirty-eight episodes, and this is just coming up. I was an estate agent for summer. Thirty-eight episodes plus however many years. Oh, that doesn't count. (laughs) None of that counts. I was an estate agent for a summer. Um, and my darling cousin got me the job and failed to inform me that everyone that worked there apart from me and her were Mormons. That's so mad. that's... Quite big. Point A. <laughs> Point A. And it was in Bloomsbury, so I sold loads of like sick houses and flats. But we sold um, Julian Anderson's house on Doughty Street. She don't live there anymore, so I Is can say Doughty Street Mormon? in Bloomsbury. No. <laughs> no. You didn't have, you to, be you didn't have to be a Mormon to have your house sold. Oh, okay. It just happened to be run by Mormons. So you would actually go to the houses and be like, buy this house? Yeah. Wow. What and one the... of them was, but I never, f- full caveat... I never met Gillian or or went in her house, but she was selling her you house to us. Sat opposite her eating a jabby. No, exactly. I've not had that. But I would. Do you know whose house? Do you know whose flat I was letting out? Do you remember EastEnders? Mad Doctor May. There was like a Mad Doctor woman. No. What are you talking about? Oh, no, sorry. Cut that. Anyway, it's basically this EastEnders actress, and I was like showing someone around her flat once, and she came in. I was like, "You're from EastEnders." <laughs> Hello. Hello. What was the most expensive flat you sold? House. Well, so bearing in mind, did you this get commission was... for this? No, no, no. And I was mostly lettings. Bearing in mind, this was two thousand and seven, so probably multiply a lot. I was sell. I was. I was showing flats around Bloomsbury that were t- so seven hundred pounds a week. So, or for a room in a flat was seven hundred pounds a week, what? or maybe the whole flat was seven hundred pounds a week. That's mad. So that's what two odd, three grand a month or whatever. That's mm-hmm. mad. Yeah. Well, I didn't anyway, know that that's about my Julian Anderson. Sorry, she's great mm. in everyone's minds. What's yours then, Dales? Well, mine is very convoluted. I'll try and tell it quickly. So last night I watched a documentary about a psychological experiment called The Raft. Never heard of it. No. Long story short, in the 70s, there was a psychologist who specialised in psychological violence Mm. who wanted to create an experiment wherein humans were basically forced to be violent. This is a story of it. It You can probably get it on 4AD or something. So much shit in the 70s and 60s. The the duty of care was zero. zero. Absolutely zero. Yeah, it would just it wouldn't happen now. No. So anyway, long story short, this guy wanted to do a study on human behaviour and violence, and to do that, he got sort of like sixteen people from kind of basically all around the world, but they were basically putting like sort of fifteen to twenty people, all from 
various... So basically, everyone is from different countries. There's people from, like, Angola, Israel, France, people from America. There's just, like, all sorts of people. And it was all volunte- volunteered in inverted commas. Um, and they put them on a raft and floated them across the Atlantic, which f- comes back to Elsa's story. Mm. Um, so basically, they were just on this raft for three months. Oh, my God. And they were all ostensibly attractive. Like, they're all good looking. But, like, the most of them were... Love Island. Yeah. But most of them were, like, married with children who had, like, wives and husbands and children at home. So basically, this guy, this this psychologist guy that set up the whole thing was trying to prove that sexual competition... You could, like, create tension and it was to study violence occurring amongst the population. Why do you need to put them on a raft at sea for that? To be isolated. But can't you just pop them in a house where no one else will go? Well, no, because of the extra stress of, like, you haven't really got a toilet, you're dangling off the edge to take shit... You've got no privacy. Everyone was really, really cramped in. Like it's, it's, it's a very, very interesting documentary. I thought it was like absolutely super fascinating. Um, so the people, they're like literally, you know, this isn't a big. It's it is a raft. They, I mean, it's covered up, but like people are very closely tight. You know, close in together. They're kind of cramped in together. So anyway, that's almost by the by because it leads on to my girl crush. But the point is of this documentary was that he was trying to provoke violence and conflict but actually mm. a sense of camaraderie and altruism just came through mm. and people were actually just like cooperating quite nicely and just like having quite a lot of sex and it was all just fine and it was like actually, actually actually humans just want to love each other and it was quite, kind of like a psychologically a nice, a nice outcome right but the woman that he had put in charge was called Maria Bjornstrom. And so in the 70s, when this, was, when this project happened, she was like the literally only female sea captain that existed in the world Mad. in the 70s. So he was like, I need, I need a female captain. Right. And she was the only one. So she came and did it. And she's cool as fuck and was just like really, really obviously in charge of the whole mission and then like had this massive standoff like there's this point at which they like have this row between like the guy that's running the experiment and then she's the she's the captain and like the point of this documentary that I was watching is like this experiment happened in the 70s but recently they've brought all these people back together so like she's it's like lots of like older women now and they're kind of reflecting on their time and she's reflecting on being a total badass and there's like these amazing shots of her just like smoking cigs in the dark, <laughs> reflecting on her time being a captain of this raft with this like ultra violent raft where just cool as fuck. So I loved Maria. She really kind of like made an impression on me. And she's my girl crush. That was very long winded. I tried to no, make it I short like interesting, that. but it's very cool. It's yeah. Really, really good documentary. I would recommend watching it. Like, imagine having the ability slash desire to just be like, oh, I'll just put like eight people together and see if they fuck or fight. Yeah. Like, that's, that's what is wrong it. with that's people? It. And is they had contracts, but a lot of them were like, well, I'm not going to sign it, but you're still getting on the fucking boat, mate. Like, yeah. whether you're signing a contract or not, you're still getting on. Yeah. Mad. That's mm-hmm. mad. Absolutely mad. How long were they there for? Three months. Fuck. Yeah. On a fucking raft? On a raft for three months. No, thank no, you. No, thank you. I'm yeah. not signing up for that. Thank it's you not very for much. Me. <laughs> anyway, nice. On that note. On that note. See you later. L- uh, send us a list of who you'd like to be on a raft with. Yeah. Us. Obviously, we have to be there <laughs> to do this every two weeks, obviously. Um, and we'll see you in episode 39. Uh, send us messages or tweets or Instagram DMs. Slide it. Why won't you slide into our DMs? Someone, please, please slide, slide into, into our DMs. DMs. What away pod? Yeah, and uh, then what away pod at gmail.com. Yeah.
and um, feedback, five star reviews. You know the drill. You've listened to podcasts You've before. Listened. You get it. You know what's going on. Um, and we'll see you in two weeks. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks. <laughs> Cheers. Bye. Ta-ra. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye.